This is Neil Erwitz. I'm the Director of External Relations here at the Center for a New American Security. And I'm here today with uh, Adam Ruth and Lauren Fish in our Defense Strategies and Assessments Program. Uh, with everything going on, it is easy to forget that um, the recent budget called for $54 billion more in defense spending. But turns out $54 billion is a big deal. So Lauren, can you tell us a little bit about what that $54 billion can be spent on and what it should be spent on? Sure, thanks for having us. So people have been eagerly watching this space since the time of the campaign when President Trump first expressed an interest in rebuilding the military. And with the $54 billion, it appears he's taking the first step in fulfilling that promise and going after the dollar amount that he thinks he can get the most support on, the, the highest dollar amount possible. Um, with this bump up, it seems like the Pentagon is likely to focus on two of the biggest hot topics lately, readiness and modernization. While separate topics, they often work in tandem and both are in critical need of additional funding. Yeah, I agree. I think um, in terms of what the blueprint lays out, there's a lot of things that, that Trump clearly wants to do with, with the money, with the increase, but it's probably wise to try and uh, allocate that money efficiently because we can't do all of the things that he wants to do at the scale he wants to do them or to the, to the level we should be doing them. So to that end, I think, uh, as Lauren touched on, uh, readiness and modernization are definitely uh, a priority. So um, to, to be uh, way too simplistic about this, I think most people would see readiness is maintenance and taking care of this stuff that we haven't been doing for the last God knows how long, and modernization is new projects. Um, what would be the split here, and what's, what's the more urgent priority? So I think there's a little bit of debate on that. In my personal opinion, uh, readiness would be the priority. If you were to allocate uh, more funds to one or the other, I would say readiness, because those are the, the skill sets, the, um, the things that we need our military to do at, at the, the foundation. So it's the training time, it's the time in the seats of the aircraft and the vehicles, it's, it's the planning process, it's, it's all the things that we need first and foremost uh, for our military to be efficient with. Um, and then after that, I think you could touch on uh, modernization to the extent that modernization improves some of our abilities in that, that uh, when, when a ship is up to date, and as I'm sure Lauren will touch on, uh, it, it, it operates more effectively and efficiently. I would actually disagree with Adam on this point. I think readiness is certainly important, and we shouldn't ha uh, have a shortfall on readiness too much. You know, the vice chiefs were before the House Armed Services Committee in, I believe, January, um, and arguing that readiness was really hurt. But I think we've accepted too much risk on the modernization front, and that's going to catch up with us. So you see in a lot of the posture statements that the services have put out in recent years, as well as their budget justifications, that they have accepted medium-term risk, is how the Army phrased it. The Marine Corps said they were doing only essential modernization, um, but we do need those new trucks and planes and, and even the newer cutting-edge things to, to keep our edge against potential adversaries. Um, the average Air Force aircraft is 27 years old, um, and some, some variants are even even older than that, only five. Well, it's still younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, only five percent of our air aircraft, however, are fifth-generation aircraft. And uh, as we fight higher tech adversaries, we'll need to update what our fleet looks like. So, um, one of the things that I've heard has given people quite a bit of pause is the amount of money that seems already ticketed for big-ticket items: the thirteen billion-dollar aircraft carriers. This idea that we might be spending trillion dollars on updating our nuclear arsenal. Are we going to be able to do all that stuff until and still tackle modernization and uh, readiness, or are we actually going to have to make choices? 
So the how how the president wants to specifically allocate this increase isn't clear yet. He hasn't come out with that document. But to answer your question simply, with the increase in this fiscal year, we cannot do all of those things effectively. You would need an increase uh, well above the $54 billion that he says this year over a number of years, which, however you want to slice it, is probably not likely unless something were to to motivate the country to to do these things more quickly. But uh, even if you were to look at McCain's proposed budget, that's probably not enough to do all of these things to the level we need them. But certainly an increase is a start in the right direction, and and if we can maintain an increase, we could probably accomplish some of these things. Yeah, I think as a good point of reference, it's important to remember that the $54 billion is actually only 3% higher than where um, the president's budget last year, President Obama's 2017 budget, would have put 2018. Um, so it's actually not that big of a increase over what was already happening. And it's always important to remember the impacts of the Budget Control Act, the BCA, that went into effect in 2013, um, passed in 2011, went into effect in 2013, because that dropped us about $78 billion from where we would be based on President Obama's 2012 budget. So that is what has impacted a lot of the uh, readiness and modernization, caused us to push off modernization in the last couple of years. So I think uh, this is one place where I'm almost certain we'll get agreement. BCA, bad idea or terrible idea? Terrible. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll jump in. I, 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 I think, I think, uh, I think we're in agreement there. Um, it is interesting this year that is the first year that the, the president has proposed separating defense and non-defense spending. So I think that's going to be an additional hurdle uh, to pass in Congress. You're going to have budget hawks who are not in, in favor of that, as the as joining those non-defense and defense spending uh, with BCA caps was meant to be kind of a regulatory measure. So budget hawks aren't going to like that. You're not going to have a lot of pull with Democrats and some Republicans based on the the cut in non-defense spending. Uh, I think overall, in terms of of this getting through Congress, it's going to be quite a bit of an uphill fight. I think one of the biggest problems that BCA did introduce was the lack of stability in budget planning. Um, No business would really want to operate on the, the type of lack of ability to see into the future that DOD has had to have in the last five years because of it. And so I think that makes some of the modernization challenges that are very big ticket projects hard to get across the finish line when you don't know what the budget environment is going to be in the next year and you're always constantly under the threat of sequestration. All right. Well, um, this is a extremely complicated issue. I'm glad you could explain it all in six minutes and I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thank you. you.